Beatles. Beatles. <laughs> Say boom, boom, boom. Let me hear you rank Beatles. Beatles. <laughs> this is what we're doing. <laughs> yes, that's how we're doing it. I didn't Ooh. know that was coming, so my reply was a little delayed. But that makes it, it better. It was perfect. You did great. <laughs> you nailed it. Aces. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Hey, everybody. Yikes. Yikes. We're just getting started. <laughs> Welcome to episode 44 of Ranking the Beatles. Uh, how is it going, everybody? Hope you're having a lovely week. Welcome to the show. Uh, as always, my name is Jonathan. Over here to my left, as usual, is... Julia. And her creaky chair. Yep. Uh, welcome to the creaky chair day. Uh, it's creaky chair day because <laughs> we're outside uh, interviewing guests in person again. Yay! It's be- <laughs> That's nice. That in harmony, awesome. too. Yeah. It's done. It's, uh, it's and we're not even the musicians here. This is our close fourth. It's becoming a more uh, a more frequent uh, uh, thing to do, which is nice. Uh, having more people uh, in person on the show, so uh, so awesome stuff for that. Really excited about that. Uh, we have return guests this week. One of our listeners' favorite episodes, for sure. As oh, as as ranked by the comments we've gotten on Facebook. Oh, we got a lot of good comments nice. about this last episode. Uh, so very excited to welcome back to the show. Jack Locke and Angie Tusa. How are we doing, everybody? Doing great. Hey, guys. Welcome Hello. back. Yes. Good thank you to have uh, us again. Yes. Yeah. Ran out of guests already. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Going back to the top. <laughs> Once you have a member of Death Cab for Cutie on the show, you're just kind of like, oh, that's, I'm done. Yep. Let's go back to the top. <laughs> we have peaked. Go I apologize. Go back to the Rolodex. <laughs> have Kyle back on for the eighth time. <laughs> Uh, but no, welcome back. I'm glad to have y'all. Uh, thanks for um, having us back. Yeah. People really enjoyed y'all on the last show, so glad to have you back. We enjoyed it as well. It's nice to see you not through a computer screen. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. In person is way more fun. Yes. Because <laughs> we get to eat pizza and drink beers beforehand. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> how, uh, how have y'all been since we last uh, had you guys on Ranking the Beatles? Cannot complain. Pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. Making yeah. it happen. Business as usual, but you know. Right. Business, oh, is business as usual, a little bit more of it, too. A little more yeah. business. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. Nice, nice. As you do. Yeah. Good. And uh, I know in the meantime, you've started a, a new, exciting blog situation. It's kind of your fault. It is. You know, you make me think about Beatles every week just now. Just she so. thought she was out. <laughs> pulled no, her back in. That's right. But yeah, like, it's just one of those things where I realized I never really dug into their solo catalog because I was like, oh, the Beatles, when they were together, it was magic. And when they broke up, it was all over. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, but I was like 13 when I decided that. <laughs> yeah. And 13, you're not always making the best decisions. Right. You're not making so, any good yeah, decisions. It's, it's been really fun to start diving into that and hear some of the songs that I've really never even heard before. So. Yeah. How has the journey been thus far? <sighs> Ringo. <laughs> No, yeah, that, that's really that's the biggest <laughs> thing. Is I started with even before the breakup, the experimental John and Yoko, and even George did his own, basically just playing with a Moog for twenty minutes. Yeah, and uh, that was sounds a great. Rough. Let's sell it. <laughs> yeah, it's, and one of the sides wasn't even him. It's exactly. not even <laughs> right. Exactly. It's, it's, it's the guy. He was like when he went to buy it, the guy was doing a demo. <laughs> 
and so he recorded the demo. <laughs> and copyright law was Center. not as much of a thing then. So he just like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna put this on my album. <laughs> Wow, and he got pretty mad, crazy. right? He got mad about it. Yeah, the dude was pretty upset because he was, that was stuff, use he it was, on his own. I'll let you tell it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> album. You can also read this on my blog. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, yeah, like he he just kind of <laughs> he just took it and just used it without the guy's permission. And the guy was like, uh, "I was going to use that on my album, but okay." <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm George so, Harrison. So. Did he like throw him a five spot or something? Uh, right. Like, you know, <laughs> he probably no? just like gave him some weed called it a day oh yeah. man that's a bummer that is a bummer it's yeah. A, it's, yeah. but what's, 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 what's genius is, is george is like i can sell this yep. <laughs> this is fine <laughs> and people bought it they did yeah yeah i yeah. haven't bought it but i do no. i feel like i should have a copy just because i'm just as i become more of a completionist you feel like you have to is have that the everything word? yeah that's uh, a word i'm yep. starting to move into that era like i own you know for the long time it was always like i want to have um really old pressings of like the entire like catalog of just like the, the canonical albums yeah mm -hmm. and then i got those and then it was like i started kind of moving into like bootlegs a little bit um or like uh, import versions and now i'm kind of more into like thinking more about bootlegs and solo stuff and moving into that and it's just more crap to buy and yeah you know See, we, we were we were like that with a lot of things and yeah. now we're like we want to have more space right. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. I, i've lost my collector's bug because it's just like i need room i, need, I can't i can't have everything here you right. know so yeah well digital's we, good <laughs> we went we went record shopping a couple weeks ago and i bought a couple of beatles bootlegs that were probably the first beatles records i bought in maybe two or three years because like i just i didn't know what to get for the longest time yeah uh, we're outside that's the neighbor's air conditioner yep. kicking up yeah. um so yeah i just don't know what to you know i don't need to get another i would imagine you would have already had most of it at this point yeah yeah i mean and and there's so many silly bootlegs you never know like what the quality of it's going to be until you drop $30 on it, and then you're like, this sounds like it was recorded through an iPhone speaker right. yeah. and on vinyl. <laughs> like, right. why did I waste my time? But well, also, like, vinyl doesn't take up a whole lot of space. Like, yeah. if you're going to collect something, yeah. that's a pretty, like, compact sure. thing to collect. I mean, how many records do you think you have? In uh, total, like, not just Beatles. In the 400s. Yeah. yeah, and they like we have them on a couple shelves in a hallway. Yeah, they so take it's up like, like three shelves. They're not. It's not like yeah. a thing that you have to like spread throughout the house. Right, right. They're just like in this one spot, right. except for next to the record player. There's always a little stack. Sure. But, yeah, I guess if I had to, well, there's also your guitars, which take up a lot of space. I'm like, if if I had to have you collect something, <laughs> vinyl's good, but yeah. then vinyl there's the yeah. then there's the entire room of musical gear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Living sure. with a musician. Yeah. That's, that's part of why I can't collect this. Yeah, that does. <laughs> yeah. I was, I'm I, sorry. I need a 10th guitar. I <laughs> can't have the right. I need it. It'll give me this like specific tone that I've been wanting mm. to have. Yeah. I'm going to use this for a project someday. You never know. <laughs> yep. Okay. At this point, I don't even give a shit what kind of pickups it has. Like, that looks awesome. I want Does it look cool? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I want it. Do I look cool with it? Yes. It's like, I thought you were supposed to age the, diff the the other way with professionalism like what sounds like oh, fuck that give me the, give me the cool looking one it's like See, I'm 14 i'm getting to that point now with music gear with like is it lighter than what i currently have yes sweet yes yes mm. like yes. it's a lighter amp i i've got to have it nobody <laughs> like needs more than two speakers in their amp 
Right. Anybody who does doesn't know what they're talking about. Anybody that does is 13. Yes. <laughs> if you need more than two speakers, you're playing at a venue where somebody's going to mic the sucker. Right. If you don't need more than two speakers, guess what? You're already covered. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and four speakers is going to be too much for that place. <laughs> I took two speakers out of a four-speaker cabinet to put them into a two-speaker empty cabinet because yeah. I was tired of lugging yeah. the 4 by 10 cabinet. And, and your life has demonstrably improved. So much better. Then, it? then I moved down to an amp with just one speaker, and now it's broken, so I'm back to the two, and I'm kind of bummed about it. Yes, the Vox the is in the shop. Yeah. But yeah, such is life. Eh, it happens, though. <laughs> but uh, We'll talk yeah. about that on You'll your other podcast, <laughs> Broken Amps. Ranking the Broken Amps. Ranking the Broken Amps. <laughs> Yeah. Like you and me could start that one. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, glad to have y'all back. Um, I want to know, before we get into the song, um, how, where do y'all sit in terms of the rockabilly genre? <laughs> <laughs> Jack, I will open the floor. Well, considering I have a 50s and 60s band called Monochromes, yes. uh, yeah, I'm, I'm quite familiar with a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, as far as how I sit with it, there is a lot of mediocre middling. Just I won't say crap because it's not. Uh, but it's there, there's nothing special. There's a whole lot. I feel like there's more nothing special material in that genre than there is in a lot of other genres mm-hmm. that you could pick through. Um, Do you mean that more in like what comes out like current day? Well, that's the thing. It's it, you can go back a lot further with that uh, than you can with a lot of modern genres because mm-hmm. it's been a thing since the fifties. Right. Uh, I mean, you could argue it's been a thing since the fo- like mid to late forties with jump blues, mm-hmm. which sort of naturally uh, dovetailed into rockabilly with other influences. But I mean, you listen to something like Louis Jordan um, or or something from that late forties era. It's almost indistinguishable from the rock and roll and the rockabilly that was coming out with Bill Haley and such in like 54, 55. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, there, there, there is a lot more space for mediocrity uh, in rockabilly, I find. Just because it's so, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's very basic. Yeah. One, four, five. If it's going to a minor second, then boy, they're getting fancy. You know, it's uh, <laughs> right. it's that yeah. There's not much there that doesn't need to be to mm-hmm. get the asses moving, but at the same time, boy, it's easy to do the same thing over and over yeah. and over and over again. And like sonically, it kind of stays in the same yeah. world pretty often. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. How do you feel, Angie? Um. Well, my introduction to rockabilly was Stray Cats. <laughs> Sure. Back okay. In the 80s, yep. Yeah. And I loved that. Um, I don't know if I even realized if they were an 80s band or I assumed they were older. <laughs> but I think I do have a lot of affection for that. It's there's definitely I feel like rockabilly, surf rock, blues in general really can be very samey, right? Mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot of variation. But that rockabilly beat and groove is something that I do really enjoy listening to. Yeah. Even if I don't want to listen to a whole album of it at a time necessarily. Sure. I like it when it's on. Yeah. Yeah. One of the uh, I I found this really interesting quote by from John Lennon and obviously and we're going to get into it um you know rockabilly plays a really large part in the the DNA of the Beatles not necessarily always sonically but as part of like that you know cornerstone of what they do um but there's a a quote where he said that you know he'd only listened to maybe two great albums in his life he said this in like in the 80s so like bold claim uh, he only listened to maybe two great albums. One of them was by Carl Perkins, which, like, is a pretty big claim because 
album album cuts for anybody in you know 1955 are generally you know nothing you right. know mm-hmm. um so it's interesting i think that he pointed to that as something that was such a uh, important um an important note for him yeah. well they had a big yeah. thing for carl perkins all they through, did right? yeah they always for had sure. a big thing for carl perkins um covered a number of songs on the albums and also like in bbc sessions mm-hmm. uh, in live show things that never even got recorded um Carl Perkins had a big thing for their money. Yes, he <laughs> did. <laughs> he did. <laughs> well, that's a really good point. <laughs> like, oh, you boys want to cover my songs? Well, <laughs> sure thing. Okay. <laughs> How much you got? <laughs> yeah. It was funny. I I, I saw this. Uh, you know, there's this uh, Carl Perkins TV special that was filmed in England in '85, and uh, Ringo's on it, and George Harrison's on it. Uh, Eric Clapton shows up at some point. There's uh, few other people. Um, and it was so funny, and you'll probably, Jack, you'll probably find this more interesting than anybody else, uh, but he was playing, um, like a PV, uh, what's that, like, crappy PV late 70s, like, T45 guitar that costs, like, a buck twenty-five new and is now still only maybe two hundred dollars. <laughs> it did used. not appreciate. No, yeah. it, they do not appreciate. <laughs> but they weigh like eighty-five pounds. Yeah, it's like yeah. solid oak. That's all the less, all, all the weight of the Les Paul, none of the prestige. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to strap an anchor on and still suck? Here you go. We've got your off ramp, sir. I've got the guitar for you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I saw that. I thought it was so funny because I think of like you know like a Brian Setzer. Yeah. You know, on like yeah. this really period-specific looking gorgeous. Gretch, oh uh, yeah, big you know, fat, yeah. stupid f holes, yeah. and you know, yeah. and like George Harrison, like all that those you'll guys have the touch, same yeah. things. And there's, you know, there's Carl Perkins on this really shitty, <laughs> like early '80s PV guitar. So then, when he dies, the guitar goes to uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame at some point, I think, for a bit. All right, and then it gets gifted to George Harrison, mm. who I guess kept it, and like, I don't know, just it's a weird like have this really shitty guitar. <laughs> I just That's probably the story. only one that has actually appreciated in value. Probably. Yeah. That one. <laughs> it's More worth 250. <laughs> Premium. All right. Uh, before we go into the song, though, I also want to ask, Angie, as you've gone through solo albums, mm-hmm. um, you've done a couple of Ringos so far. Yes. One or just, is it one or two? I know you did... Uh, um, sentimental journey. By the time this comes out, Buku of Blues will also be posted. What do you think? <laughs> Let's hear your thoughts, <laughs> if you don't mind. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> this is what she thinks. I, okay, I think I agree with him that he was not ready to write a full album yet. Yeah. And so it was wise to, you know, do one of all covers and then one the other one. I think it's really the other artists on the album that are writing all the songs. Right. That's smart. Um, I don't think 1970 Ringo was ready to do big band. Um, but yeah, the sentimental journey is a little painful. The arrangements are really nice. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, his vocals are just not there. I think if he did it now, he'd sound a heck of a lot better. Yeah. But at that time, it was ugh, it was pretty cringeworthy. Um, Buku of Blues, my biggest problem is I'm just not that big a fan of country to begin with. That is with. a country album. It is a super country <laughs> album, yeah. true Nashville sound, I think. Um, what year was that? What year did that come out? I think that one is either 70, 70 or 71. Or 71. Yeah. Yeah. I should know. All right, yeah. <laughs> I just did it. But, um, <laughs> very early. And uh, it's, it's, I mean, like I said, for what it is, it's good. It's just not my cup of tea, sure. I think, yeah. is what it comes down to. Yeah. I think yeah, there's something about Ringo with his personality 
that when he like commits to like a genre or style or a thing, like it's still sellable because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, Ringo does country. Ringo does big band. Ringo do, could do, uh, you know, Ringo does swing. You know, I, you know, I, I yeah. feel like there's always that room for like. I feel like anybody that's listening to a Ringo Starr album mm-hmm. is not listening to it for the music. They want to hear Ringo being Ringo for yeah. 40 minutes or something. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I, and I think that's why some of those later records, you know, like well, I shouldn't say later, but like. When you get to like the Ringo album, which is like the big, you know, the, his big one, or um, yeah. Goodnight Vienna, where like the songs are really great and the performances are great because it's all great players and great songwriters yeah. uh, with this like affable personality who's like yeah. Mr. Fun. Um, <laughs> then like you've got a really good record. Uh, the others can be a little challenging, admittedly. Um, <laughs> you know, and I think a lot of his, the songs he does on the Beatle records, um, mo- the majority of which, well, I, should, I don't know, it's the majority. But a lot of them are, are covers and country right, songs. Right. Um, so it's very much like, you know, Ringo's this character actor, um, yeah. which I always find really interesting, um, especially in our song for today, because it's uh, it's an int- I, I think it's an, an interesting song. It's actually I I don't know. I'm going to say this early on, but I feel like I maybe have it a touch lower than I probably should have. I like it a little bit more, I think, than where mm. I have it. Mm, okay. But I could be wrong. Controversial opinion. You look, uh, Julia, you look, um, <laughs> oh, her right now. Side eyes. I don't what? know what you're talking about. <laughs> Where is this? Who did I, who's this man? This, that is a wrong statement. <laughs> <laughs> they talk about bold. Yeah. <laughs> no. I try to maintain a no right or wrong attitude on this show, but I think you've just shot uh, it down. I I I'm not saying the people a, are wrong. I'm saying you're wrong. It's a <laughs> Well, with that in mind. <laughs> You sound so defeated. I already I feel like I've already lost the battle here. <laughs> Let's go ahead and hop into this week's song, number 173, Matchbox. I said I'm sitting here watching Matchbox holding my clothes. I said I'm sitting here wondering Matchbox holding my clothes. I ain't got no matches, but I sure got a long way to go. I'm an old poor boy and I'm a long way from home I'm an old poor boy and I'm a long way from home I've never been happy cause everything I ever did was wrong Well, if you don't want my peaches, honey, please don't shake my tree If you don't want me those peaches, honey, please don't mess around my tree I got news for you, baby. Leave you here in misery. All right. Matchbox was recorded by the Beatles in June of 1964, but its story begins long before that. In 1956, Sun Records artist Carl Perkins was already a household name, having written numerous hit songs, including Blue Suede Shoes. Uh, now, during a recording session, his father, Buck, I feel like every good country artist's father should be named Buck. Okay. That should just be a thing. Uh, is your dad named Buck? Then you got a top ten here. <laughs> is it Phil? No, sorry. No. Mm-hmm. Go play alternative. Go, go be an accountant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so his father Buck suggests that he covers a song called Matchbox Blues. Uh, Carl could only remember a few lines of the song. So in improvising the rest of the song, he writes a brand new song entitled Matchbox. Uh, the first lines of the song being, I'm sitting here wondering would a matchbox hold my clothes? 
Ain't got no matches. Sure got a long way to go. Now, Matchbox Blues was a song that had been written and recorded in 1927 by Blind Lemon Jefferson. It, too, contains the lyric, Sitting here wondering, would a matchbox hold my clothes? Ain't got no matches. Sure got a long way to go. Now, it's also important to know that before Blind Lemon Jefferson, Ma Rainey released a song called Lost Wandering Blues, which also contains the lyrics, Sitting here wondering, would a matchbox hold my clothes? Carl Perkins' version comes out. It's a hit. It's instantly a classic. Uh, and it's actually his second release single in Britain in 1957. A copy is purchased by a young boy named John Lennon, who in 1980 claims that there have only been two great albums I listened to all the way through when I was about 16. One was Carl Perkins. In 1960, uh, John and Paul, along with then bassist Stu Sutcliffe, record a home demo of songs they'd written and songs they'd been performing live. They actually recorded a version of Matchbox with John on lead vocal. Uh, which to date has not yet come out. Uh, as the band kept building over time, Matchbox remains in the set and becomes a vocal spotlight for then-drummer Pete Best. Now, coincidentally, on the other side of the coin, their rival band, Rory Storm and the Hurricanes, are also performing Matchbox as their drummer's vocal spotlight, <laughs> that drummer being one Ringo Starr. So in, in uh, 1962, the Beatles let Pete Best go and bring in Ringo, but at this point, John resumes vocal duties on the song. The band perform it this way, through the end of 1962, where it's caught on tape on what would become the Live at the Star Club bootlegs in Hamburg, Germany, uh, capturing what would actually be the last time the Beatles would perform Matchbox in a concert setting. So in May of 1964, Carl Perkins is on tour in Britain, and the Beatles attend a party in his honor. Ringo takes it upon himself to ask for Carl's permission to record some of his songs. Seeing opportunity to knock, Carl welcomes them to his entire catalog. <laughs> so on June 1st, the band are in the studio with special invited guest Carl Perkins in attendance, and they spend the first hour of the session recording Matchbox. They run five takes of the song, with Ringo tracking his vocal live as he plays. Uh, John on lead guitar and producer George Martin joining in on piano. Ringo goes on to double track a lead vocal on top of his original vocal, giving a triple tracked lead vocal. The rare triple track lead vocal. <laughs> Uh, so the song is released in the U.K. on the Long Tall Sally EP and in the U.S. on the Capitol album Something New. Uh, the Beatles never performed it in concert after Hamburg 1962, uh, but they did play it at a handful of BBC sessions. Uh, John jammed on it with Ringo and Klaus Vorman during the Plastic Ono Band sessions, which by the time this episode comes out uh, will have finally been released on the Plastic Ono Band box set. Uh, Paul played it numerous times uh, in his solo career, often in sound checks, also in concert. And Ringo actually didn't play it as a solo artist until 2012. No However, in 1985, he did join Carl Perkins, Eric Clapton, and others on the previously mentioned Rockabilly Session TV special to perform the track, with all three taking the lead vocal at one point or another. So, why do I have Matchbox at 173? So, I think this is where I may lose some people on this uh, podcast. <laughs> Uh, so I've got this real sweet spot for more obscure Beatles, like early rock and roll cover songs. For my money, the songs on the Long Tall Sally EP, which you have Long Tall Sally, Matchbox, Slow Down, Larry Williams cover, and then I Call Your Name. Um, I think show them as 
as fierce and tight a rock and roll band as there ever was. Uh, the, now, the difference is that those tracks, Matchbox especially, Matchbox especially uh, aren't the type of more polished performances that they're normally putting on their albums. And that's not to say the albums aren't without their well-known flubs and mistakes, uh, but these are things that give the tracks so much charm, and on Matchbox, they're like properly on display. Uh, Ringo said he was embarrassed to record the vocal that day in front of Carl Perkins himself uh, because he wasn't feeling well vocally. Now, 48 hours later, Ringo actually collapses from tonsillitis, so he gets a pass on not feeling well that day. And I'm also sure it's nerve-wracking to record a song in front of its author, especially if they're a hero of yours. Uh, but I think he does a great job of it. Um, he has this kind of natural grit in his voice, uh, which is kind of surprising. Uh, when he holds notes, that you know, this grit kind of comes out that I really love. Um, and what I really enjoy that is though is that his vocal, which is triple tracked, recorded three times, is all over the place. Now the idea when you multi-track a vocal or any part is you want it to be basically as identical to the previous as it can be. Um, and he doesn't hit that mark at all. Mm. Like no. it's no. amazing how often it is. Sounds like he's arguing with himself. <laughs> yes. Like in some parts, like he's inadvertently harmonizing with himself because <laughs> he he's singing a different melody on a different take. <laughs> yeah. And they just don't Yikes. have the time to like finesse that. And they don't even really ever take that time on Ringo tracks anyway. It's always just kind of like, we got an hour, let's knock out the Ringo song. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, you know, on the last verse, when he comes in with the word "well," it you hear it start in three different places. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's phenomenal. Um, well, that's one note I don't have to read off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what I love about it, though, is that like he's just going for it. Uh, John, at this point, he's not necessarily known for being a great lead player, uh, but on his solo, he's going for it. The rhythm guitar, the intro, which I think is George, not a usual rhythm player. His rhythms sometimes can be kind of wonky, but he's going for it. Even, you know, George Martin, who's like Mr. Elegant, uh, is on the piano just kind of going for it. And it makes the track just absolutely just boogie. Uh, the energy overcomes any sloppiness, I think, in the vocal delivery. Uh, and when the Beatles are covering a song that they really love, they just they go for it so hard and the fun is so obvious. Like the stress of trying to nail your own composition is gone and just kind of replaced by, like, the sheer joy of playing music that you love. And that's a whole other kind of energy that they put out that I absolutely adore and that you lose at some point as cover songs leave, you know, their repertoire. Um, so, and this is also at that point where, like, they're recording tracks for the Hard Day's Night album, but they don't quite know, like, if, if this will be on it or not. But, like, their energy in, like, May and June of 64, when they're, like, literally on the top of the universe like they're the biggest thing in the world and they've got like that that excitement is still there like they're not jaded yet and like <laughs> bitchy and pissy about things <laughs> like they're just they've been given the keys to the kingdom and they're having so much fun and i feel like this is one of those tracks where i really hear that fun um which is one of the things i absolutely adore about it so that's my thoughts i open the floor if this came on the radio unidentified, I'd have never known it was a Beatles song. I think the Ringo vocal kind of throws me off with that. Yeah. Uh, in that in that direction. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, it's 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 neither really. Um, it's uh, I mean, as it is the way that I heard it, it's kind of middling just as a rockabilly song. Mm -hmm. So for Beatles, uh, 
especially when they've got uh, I want to hold your hand already behind them. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's kind of a low bar mm-hmm. at that point. Um, I think using an electric 12-string for the rhythm is kind of novel and yeah. interesting yeah. and neat for rockabilly. Sure. Because I, I was trying to find something else as a precedent where someone had used a 12-string in that sort of capacity on a rockabilly song, mm-hmm. which at that point there was more than 10 years' worth to uh, pick through uh, to be contemporary to when they laid this track down. And mm-hmm. I couldn't I couldn't find one. That's not to say there isn't one out there. But Are there any examples of 12-string in rockabilly? That yeah. Uh, I mean, nothing from the 50s that I could find. I, yeah. I could there, there could be something obvious that I missed. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, in a in a cursory look, uh, nothing, nothing stood out. Yeah. It was a very uh, six-string dominated <laughs> yeah. uh, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I think the genre's qualities are still so inflexible uh, that the way that they did the song, nothing was really there to separate it from kind of the uh, forgettable rockabilly radio filler that had been a thing for 10 Mm -hmm. years at that point. Mm -hmm. You know, the stuff that's never played on oldies stations or classic rock stations that didn't make the cut. Right. You know, that was there uh, back in in that time. Yeah. I think it's funny that Ringo, um, it sounds like he doesn't get the lyrics right in oh, a lot of places. Terrible. Uh, He's so Yeah, awful. he completely changes the whole meaning of the, you know, puppy dog lyric. Yeah. yeah. You know, because everyone else's was, because uh, it was uh, in the 50s, it was, uh, it was, it was Carl Perkins and uh, Jerry Lee Lewis all, also did his own cut of it. Okay. Um, and that was another funny part. Ringo kind of cribs jerry lee's uh sort of habit of throwing his own name in the third person in there in the bbc peaches yeah because yeah. jerry does jerry the exact same that. thing in That's the jerry lee lewis funny. cut he's like don't you don't know. want jerry's peaches and jerry did that through like all of it. any live show that you find he's gonna say his own name replacing a lyric and a pronoun in the song with his own name at least 12 times if there's 10 <laughs> songs. Wow. Yeah, that's kind of his thing. That's his thing. So hearing Ringo do that on the BBC cut but not the studio cut, that was very interesting. Yeah. The, the BBC cut is the live one. So yeah. it is on the studio cut. Oh, it is? It's hard to hear because I, yeah, because he's I arguing don't know with that he himself. does it on every track. Yeah, that, that was one of the, I was like, I'm like, what is he saying? Is I didn't realize it and when I watched the version from the, uh, the Rockabilly sessions, it's really on display there mm. and i'm like or no it's not from that one it's um it's from this uh tribute to the beatles thing in uh ni- in 2015 or 2014 yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. and he does it and it's a different key and it's very much like if you don't want ringo's peaches and i was like <laughs> ringo's pe- oh what's he talking about it, yeah it's, it's like and then when I he's wearing jerry lee's coat on his <laughs> over his pelt and as for, i re-listen yeah, to the studio version i'm like he is saying it i just never Right, because it's jumbled among you know three. Right, yeah, yeah, Yeah. and yeah, that's another thing. It's such a sloppy recording, uh, production-wise. Yeah, Um, I disagree with you on Lennon. I feel like he's really phoning in the solo uh, Mm -hmm. on both cuts that I heard from the Beatles, the Mm -hmm. the BBC one as well as the studio one. Um, uh, And I also feel like um, the the piano. Kind of makes the uh, the rockabilly versions of that song the ones that Jerry Lee Lewis obviously because mm-hmm. you know he's 
that's what he's known for is his piano. He's he's okay at it. He's, he's a little. He's <laughs> right, yeah. No, but uh, the ivories. The Carl Perkins one too. Uh, the the piano is way more prevalent, mm-hmm. and that really contributes more to making the song roll better. Yeah. Uh, whereas all all I was really hearing was guitar. Yeah. Uh, and really, like I think it kicks in on the end. Yeah. Where he mm-hmm. kind of goes up to like a high octave thing. Right. Uh, that kind of like propels it towards that finale. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you've got the Blind Lemon Jefferson version, which nobody sounds like Blind Lemon Jefferson yeah. except for Blind Lemon Jefferson, so that kind of stands by itself. version where the original lyric that lent to the title came from you know which is kind of an interesting plunky banjo guitar duo with mm-hmm. her singing yeah uh but yeah out of all i think that's what not counting live cuts that they've got of carl perkins and such was that five six different versions that mm-hmm. are out there yeah. and the beatles versions are the blandest by far to me <laughs> yeah which is which is an odd thing to say because they usually just tear up covers like money yeah. And stuff like that. And that's not here at all. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, it, it sounded very phoned in to me. Like, uh, I, I was surprised how how uh, very Don't Bother Me it sounded. A throwback. A throwback. No, it really, it, it, once again, it sounded like something that could be like background music rockabilly filler for like a radio advertisement. Yeah. You know, is that just a result of it being a Ringo song and them not really caring enough to put the time and effort into it? That's, that's a that's a good question. Yeah. You know? know? Yeah. Like he kind of always gets the like shrug off of like, oh, mm-hmm. let's just get it done. Like you said, like we have an hour. Let's get it done. Right. And it's like they don't really care about it. But that's also surprising because John is saying how much he loves Carl Perkins. Like they and all Carl, Carl Perkins, Perkins is there. Yeah. Like, like, that might have been part of it, too, though, that Carl Perkins. <laughs> Cut point. Zip, zip. Here we go. <laughs> it might have been part of it, too, that Carl Perkins was there. Uh, mm-hmm. That, you know, maybe the nerves were up. And yeah. So they're not they're not performing it up. At a hundred percent. Where is this in their career? What this have they is, just done? Uh, they've just come back from America a couple of months earlier. Oh, they own the planet. They at this own point. the world. So why yeah. would yeah. they be afraid of Carl Perkins? Was well, the, their hero? That's, like, yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess. they're at that point where like they're starting to meet their heroes as peers, and, and it's still maybe a little weird to them. Yeah, uh, yeah maybe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, okay. maybe not. <laughs> like they're not at that point yet where like they meet Elvis and it's just like. All right, we met all this. Oh, hey. He didn't have any weed. (laughs) (laughs) What a nerd. Mm -hmm. I mean, overall, it's just, uh, uh, for me, it's missing something to elevate it past generic. Yeah. Which, yeah. uh, yeah. Do you you think that lies more in the vocal delivery, like, as a performance, or... Like, it's hard see... to tell because uh, on the studio cut, what is the vocal delivery? Which one? Which one of those three is the vocal right. delivery? <laughs> yeah, you know? which yeah. One, right? Oh. Where's it going? Um, yeah. Like uh, if John had done it, or if Paul had done it, do you feel like it would have benefited? There, the the music wasn't moving. Yeah, for me. Um, yeah, the like I said, the twelve string was a neat mm-hmm. spin on rockabilly that I had not come across, um, and yeah. That's about it. That's where that's where the innovation ends for yeah. me with that one. <laughs> nice. Okay. Okay. 
How do you feel, Angie? What are you uh, thinking? So I'll admit that, that this is not a song I gave much thought about mm-hmm. before. I think, you know, I didn't get to pass Masters until quite late. Um, and I probably at the time I was like, oh, look, it's another Ringo doing the cover song <laughs> mm-hmm. next. <laughs> um, but listening to it this time, I do, I guess, because I am a fan of that rockabilly sound. I was enjoying it quite a bit. I do think it is Ringo's vocals that kind of kill it for me, yeah. unfortunately, that mm. those three tracks there are just like they're too disjointed i like the live at the bbc one a lot better because mm-hmm. it's just him doing the one um and it it's it is you know kind of like how we were talking about with ask me why before and everything of like oh they're trying to do somebody else um hearing that carl perkins was there is certainly that makes a lot of sense you're not going to really mess with his song too much when you're literally right in front of him um but it's also so close to their sound at that time that it fits in, I think, almost perfectly with mm-hmm. what they were doing, you know, concurrently. Um, it's just, yeah, like I said, it's really, it's that vocal. Like, I listened to the 1985 performance with the three of them, well, three of them, including Eric Clapton. I really like that one. Mm-hmm. I think that's my favorite of the different versions. Um, yeah. It's just, it's good. It's not great. <laughs> right. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. I think that's kind of where I am with it. Okay. Julia, dare we ask? You're up. Dear ghost of Carl Perkins, <laughs> you were there. Why didn't you help Ringo with the lyrics? <laughs> because the way he sings it does not make any sense. I do not understand what he's saying. And why didn't you help him? You were about to make like the easiest coin you've ever made. Like, no work, chilling in the studio. They probably bought you a beer. Like, you were doing nothing. You could have just been like, hey, Ringo, Ringo, that, that light, can we, it's just a little, yeah, it should be. Literally the, the first line of the song. Yes. <laughs> Not only that. And yes. we're good. That's all you had to do. <laughs> And he didn't do it. They might not have brought him a beer. I think he was a recovering alcoholic. Oh, okay. Point. Well, maybe they didn't. Whatever. Yeah, so they point. probably Aren't brought him a Coke or something. Yeah. <laughs> probably gave him some uppers or something like that. Yeah, they brought him something. <laughs> he he wanted for nothing. I'm yeah. sure they took care of him. He was like an idol to them. You know, why didn't you help him? Yeah. I'm real sad about that. And it's... <laughs> well, he wouldn't have been that much older at that point yet, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, he, I guess he's got a, He's probably got 10 years on him at least. Probably. Yeah. Maybe a little bit so more. So what? Than he's that. in his thirties at that point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. Well, I'm in my thirties and I feel older than people in their late early twenties. <laughs> um, yeah, he should have helped him because it doesn't make sense, and that's very annoying to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, I just I don't really care for it that much. Um, I'm just not digging it. It. I don't think it has like that energy that you sort of talked about. It's, it's, yeah, I don't find it, it, which is funny because I tend to be like a bit soft on Ringo's country stuff, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, as, as you've heard from previous episodes. Like, I kind of like it, even though it's like a little campy and like maybe not the most effort because it's a Ringo song. They kind of half ass it a bit. But this one, <laughs> just not, not doing it for me. Yeah. Not digging it. Anything at all that you like or don't like about it? Well, I told you what I don't like about it. <laughs> <laughs> Say it again. <laughs> um, 
there's not much I really like about it. Okay. I don't hate it. It's just kind of like, eh. Yeah. Eh. I just love yeah. how he changes the dog line from, you know, <laughs> see what the puppy dog's done to yeah. watch What's the puppy, puppy dog, dog run. run. <laughs> like, you could not make it more opposite right. of the original yeah. meme. And it went through, that, that was that was the line through the Blind Lemon Jefferson, uh, Carl Perkins, and the Jerry Lee Lewis. Yeah. And yeah. then he goes and just turns it on his head because he's Ringo and he, that's he what he does. He doesn't want to fight, man. He, he, just, he wants to get out of there. Fighter. Watch him run. Watch him just run, run, run. I did, like, I, I don't know that I like this, but the peaches line made me laugh. Like, it definitely, like, but then I was like, I don't want to think about Ringo's peaches, though. Like, <laughs> but I did laugh. It was funny. I wonder if, like, when he and his wife, Barbara, are, like, getting intimate. Does he getting say intimate. That? Ready, to, like, you ready for Ringo's peaches, baby? Oh, God. No, she's okay. like, I'll see you, I'll see you in five days after that is uh, gone out of my brain. Yep. Yes. Peach and love. Oh. 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 See yourself out, sir. We will finish this without you. <laughs> I know how to use that. <laughs> I, you know, I think there are things that I guess they probably could have done better with on it. Um, I think it's interesting that, like, I find it has an energy that no one else agrees I with. I would love <laughs> yeah. to hear that energy. I feel like my life would be a little brighter if I could find that energy in that little turd. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't hate it, but, yeah, it's so mediocre. It's, it's That's it. It's, it's yeah. middling for the genre, which is below what the Beatles' lowest bar is. Yeah. yeah. But I feel like it doesn't even, like, attempt to necessarily ape that genre. Like, some of their country things, like, sound like – they're going. Like, oh, like I disagree. That's country. almost the platonic form of rockabilly. You short, think? Yeah, short of the twelve-string guitar and everything. Because it doesn't have. It's like, rockabilly by numbers. There's no slap mm. back to it. Like. Well, it doesn't need to have that. I'm talking about just the structure, the delivery. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just it's lazy, good enough rockabilly. How do you feel about the original track itself? Which one are we calling the original? Well, Carl Perkins okay. is original. The Carl Perkins. The Carl Perkins. Yeah. Okay. Um, Where does that sit for you? Uh, that's superior to yeah. the Beatles cut. Yeah. I'm not going to say by far because, uh, yeah, that one didn't wow me, but it was certainly better to mm-hmm. me. Um, in terms of, like, you know, being considered a classic in the genre. Yeah. It's it's a staple. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. w- I would agree with that. Okay. You know, there, there's also, there's a lot of, there's a much deeper conversation to have in terms of, like, the idea of somebody claiming credit on a song that was written, you know, in some form 30 years prior by, like, a black artist. Right. Um, yeah. And that's a through line that goes, you know, the, Carl uh, Perkins the, you, you could make Led an Zeppelin argument. There's, there's a Eric very Clapton. fine line between rockabilly and old blues from uh, 30 years prior, mm-hmm. you know, contempor- contempor- uh, contemporarily speaking, um, where – it really is kind of the same genre. Just where are you putting the syncopation of the swing? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all one four five. Uh, yeah. There's only so many melodies that you sing. It's all repeating the first line, first two, yeah. and then we got the turnaround, and then we're to the second verse. Sometimes you modulate it, and then you're back to one. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's 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 blues. That's rockabilly. That's delta blues. Uh, uh, second verse, same as the first, uh, forever and ever, amen. That's the way that, uh, you know, a lot of that stuff. And to this day, you know, you've still got one, four, five. Yeah. That is, it's for some reason that resonates with the human soul. And that has been a standby of 
what usually ends up the most popular music throughout whatever uh, decade or, or genre mm-hmm. we're talking about. Yeah. Um, yeah, the fact that uh, Carl Perkins cribbed uh, half of the lyrics <laughs> from <laughs> Blind Lemon Jefferson, uh-huh. that is... Uh, kind of dirty. Is, <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, yeah, that that's pretty... That's right on its face, you know, what yeah. it is. Uh, which is funny, because whenever I uh, looked up the Carl Perkins cut, I like to read the YouTube comments. I like to stick my hand in the toilet, you know. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that that argument came up, and there were some people like, "Oh, it's a completely different composition." I'm like, eh. uh, "If you want to talk about because he's got a piano and Jefferson didn't, maybe." Yeah. But yeah, I'm not. That doesn't hold water. Yeah. No. But yeah, I mean, appropriation has been. It, it's it's the name and the game of rock music. That's the way it's always been. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so. That's the way that it it kind of fell for this song. <laughs> there's right. a great there's a great comment on the on the Blind Lemon Jefferson version, where there's like the verse about uh, I got a woman across town crochets all the time. <laughs> yeah. if you don't stop that crocheting, gonna go out of your mind. It was like <laughs> yeah. I didn't realize crocheting had such a mentally taxing. <laughs> <outfit. laughs> it's like what a weird thing to write to add to yeah, your song. Yeah. Well, I wonder if that was. I mean, I'm sure that was like a, um, uh, what's the term I'm thinking of? Like a synonym for something. Like a, oh, what is right. it? Yeah, yeah. Um, a metaphor? A metaphor, yeah. thank yeah. you. I'm like, not a synonym. That's not <laughs> right. right. No. I wonder if that was like a, right. a common like metaphor for something at the time. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> no, there was a lot of that, like, too. There were some yeah. filthy fucking albums back <laughs> for then. For sure. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. 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 And there always has been. Music has Would always I'd love been to filthy. Hear, yeah. I'd love to hear an alternate universe where that line ended up in the Carl Perkins just so I could see how Ringo would butcher <laughs> the lyrics of the crocheting verse. I'd love to hear that. Crotchet and all the time. Crotchet and oh, all God. the time. Oh, goodness. Oh, poor Ringo. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, when I, when I finally did watch the, um, the 85 version, hmm. after, after having read you know, the story of how the song was written and kind of having that thought of like appropriation – and then, like, Clapton comes on. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> this is this whole version is just tainted now. <laughs> like, please, Eric, show us how the blues works now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay, okay. Do you think that John might have been winding up Ringo by giving him the wrong lyrics, too? Since he was singing it <laughs> for a minute. Completely possible. Yeah. Completely oh. possible. That'd be fun. Uh, that would save the song for me if that was the case. <laughs> I'll be honest. John just took, took just the piss out deck. of it. Yeah. <laughs> There's uh, the story about when <laughs> when Paul first met John at the uh, at the vi- at the the village fete and the quarry men are playing and Paul walks up to watch him and they're doing um, uh, the Dell Vikings come go with me mm-hmm. and John's changing the words to like <laughs> come little darling come and go with me down 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 to the penitentiary and just like, changing all the words because <laughs> he doesn't like, know him yeah. yeah and Paul's like I like this guy <laughs> <laughs> and there's a there's many outtakes of John changing lyrics to various uh, uh, inappropriate lines <laughs> mm-hmm. that are pretty uh, pretty worth the, their weight in gold. That's, that's <laughs> some of the that's some of the monochrome's best shows. <laughs> <laughs> the shows where you're playing in like cut off Louisiana and nobody's there. Oh, so yeah. it's just like, all right, uh, Cupid goes this way now. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'm not I'm not gonna sing it. <laughs> she knows that she's at that show. You gotta give us a taste now. Oh, after after the after the microphones are off. <laughs> Save it for bloopers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so and I do mean blue. <laughs> oh. <laughs> So it's at 173. How do we feel? Too high? Too low? 
You know, I am at your house now. I want you to show me the dartboard that you use to throw to rank some of these songs like fucking Matchbox. I want to see it. <laughs> this is too high. The this comments is too high, are going to be stellar on this I episode. think it's too high. It's not way too high, but yeah, definitely too high. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, all of those storyteller songs that we ran into, those are definitely all higher for me. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Octopus's Garden, Rocky Raccoon, Maxwell Silverhammer, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. So, yeah. Agreed. Yeah, totally with you. I'm like, those are behind us, and we get to this? Really? Rigo's Peaches, baby. Oh. <laughs> I hate and it. And yeah, all right. So, uh, Wild Honey Pie is better than this, huh? I will say yes. I love Wild Honey Pie. <laughs> And I look forward to talking about it. I'm going to keep bringing it up every show that I'm on, so I end up on that episode. Yes. Oh, my God. I think we have a ways to go. We have to have, like, a, a public flogging for Wild Honey Pie. <laughs> Everyone shows up and, like, throws tomatoes at you. Yep. Number one. No. Number one. Look, this is just a long no. control that this dude's fucking doing. I'm not that big of a troll. That Attention, America. Though. You heard it from me first. <laughs> when it happens, I won't sound crazy. <laughs> that would be the ultimate, be the so ultimate troll, though. Yeah. Oh, I kind of wish do I would. It. Totally, even if you don't mean it, I should change you should the list. do it. I should just change the list and do it. No. Just swap them. You have to stay true to the list. Swap them. Yes. We have a whole setup. <laughs> we do. I'm staying true. I'm staying true. You can do it. All right. Okay. So, <laughs> I was thinking, um, last time we had y'all on, and we did, um, we did rapid fire questions. Yep. And when we have repeat guests come back, sometimes I try to think of new rapid fire questions, but I thought we'd try something different this time. He's going to ask us the same rapid fire questions to see if we was full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to play our old answers. You listen to the old episode, right. so you'll know. I haven't I was, listened to it. I've so been drinking know. a lot tonight, too. So it's, a, it's gone. Uh, we are friends uh, with another podcast called El Vanilo, and they play these great little fun trivia games among each other. Oh, so I thought in honor, kind of in tribute to what they do, we would do something similar. Um, I'm going to guess you haven't. Have, Angie, have you ever played the Beatles Trivial Pursuit? <laughs> I she own owns it. it. I have begged everyone questions. I know to play with me. Tonight. And they keep going, no, you're going to win. We're not going to do it. Yep. Tonight, one we're game. dipping our toes yes! into the water. So I was thinking what we do. Uh, so we also, um, we've had Bruce Spicer on the show who wrote all those questions. Oh, yeah. We're going to call this uh, Bruce's Brain Busters. Oh, boy. <laughs> we, and we'll do, uh, we'll, I guess we'll call it Best of Five. And uh, it can... Julie is going to be the questionnaire. Because I don't know anything. She's like, I'm not playing this. <laughs> can I be the assistant questionnaire? <laughs> <laughs> shit I think no. you guys can be a team. You can be a team. I think that's fine. <laughs> All right. All right so it'll be You're two on one. Yeah. Okay. So we have five cards. Uh, so it'll be best of five, I All guess. Right. Okay. Oh, do I we'll have do. five cards? Is that what you <laughs> grabbed? I don't no. Know. <laughs> no. I got one. <laughs> I got four cards from three categories. Okay, okay. So I'll just jump around. We'll have fun with it. All it's right. fine. Bruce's Brain Busters. <laughs> I feel like you need, like, Bruce's Brain Busters. <laughs> Bruce's, Bruce's, Bruce's Brain, Brain, Brain Busters. Oh, wow. That's a good turn. Yeah. A little shredding. Okay, okay. All right. What is our first category? Um, your first category in honor of Angie's blog. What is the name of the blog again? After the end. After the end. As in after the end. Was our song, the end. Brilliant. <laughs> I love it. Love it. 
so this category is called. Yes, Jack did help me with coming up with the title because well, I. I want to go titles. say it on the mic. You don't have to do it. After ask me why. <laughs> so this uh, this category is on their own. Okay. In honor of your blog, maybe this will trip you up. It may be if it's something later. I may not have gotten to it yet. Um, let's see. Ooh, this is going to appeal to me. Uh, what two wing singles from 1972 were banned by the BBC? Mm. Oh, I feel like I should know this. I feel like I shouldn't. Because it's probably some kind of like ve- veiled drug reference that they got all upset about. <laughs> but I am completely blanking. I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> That's my <laughs> excuse. <laughs> You're too early, damn it. You're too Sorry. Okay. I'm sure you don't know either. Mm. No. All right, nope. then I'm going uh, for it. Simply having a, a wonderful Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> was banned for malfeasance. <laughs> um, it should be. <laughs> give Ireland back to the Irish. Uh-huh. And hi, hi, hi. Oh, you nerd. <laughs> <laughs> oh, nerd. <That> nerd. <laughs> <laughs> you um, picked the questions in there. <laughs> uh, what 1971 John Lennon Plastic Ono Band single took its title from a political slogan? So I'm trying to think. That's oh god, I didn't study. Where's the um. beef? Because <laughs> you've got instant karma. You've got what's the other one? Ah, uh, cold turkey. That wouldn't be it. <sighs> Jack's like just sipping his beer. <laughs> that would be me too. That's yeah. why I'm like I'm asking. The I'm, gonna, I'm gonna guess instant karma just because that's the one that keeps coming in my head, but I'm not positive. No. no. Do you know what it is? I like Ike. No, what? <laughs> we're here. <laughs> we're queer. Get used to it. By plastic on a I'm with Nixon. <laughs> Power to the people. Oh, you nerd. Uh. All right, I'm moving to a different category. Um, after first hearing the Beatles, George Martin expressed concern to Brian Epstein over which Beatles playing? Pete Best. <laughs> I had to look it up. I had to flip the card. I don't know any of these. Uh, okay, I feel better about this category. Let's stick with this. Um, let's see. What music publishing company first expressed interest in publishing Lennon McCartney songs? Ooh. <laughs> Sorry. Is, it my is that a hint? <laughs> Every episode is 8 o'clock. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know if this is what they're getting at, but... They did an audition at DECA? Is that? Um, it's a publishing company. A publishing company. First expressed interest in publishing Lennon McCartney songs. Do you know this? I don't. Ooh. Southern songs. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Southern songs. That's stupid. Don't laugh at that. That's dumb. <laughs> no, but I got Northern the joke. Song. I have I to laugh at it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It can't be Northern songs because no. that was formed for them. No. Right. Nor was it Macklin. Did I stump you? <laughs> Bruce's, Bruce's, brain, brain, Foster's, Foster's. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, Ardmore and Beechwood. Oh, Ardmore and Beechwood. <laughs> Look at him go. <laughs> I, I ain't even going to pretend. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so what, what are we at on the score here? It's, uh, I think we're it's two to one right now. Two to yes, one. that yeah. sounds right. So we need to keep going. Let's see. Bruce busted my brain on that one. <laughs> That's the sound of a brain being busted. <laughs> um, wow, this is like a very glass onion heavy card. 
That's interesting. Uh, in the song Glass Onion, what clue does John give? Oh. The walrus is Paul. Yeah. Yes. I know lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll stick with songs. I like songs. <laughs> Let's make Andrew win. So is it 2-2 two, two now? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, let's see. Oh, this is an interesting question. What four songs released in 1967 are referenced in Glass Onion? Okay, now i got to go through the whole song. <laughs> 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 so we're looking for four songs mm-hmm. released in 67. Oh, my God. Do you know them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dog on it. Okay, who's answering I think right he's going to win. Like I think it's uh, we're, he's giving it to us first. Do you have some that you uh, know? Fool on the Hill, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Uh, don't let me get this one. That'd be embarrassing <laughs> if I was I know. You. Well, I'm cracking under pressure. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I mean, Google, does the, no. <laughs> does the walrus <laughs> reference count as I am the walrus? I would or? think it, it does. Yeah. It does? Yes. Okay. You're good. You're good. That's um, two. So, okay. Uh, he says glass onion, so that's three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Don't feel bad. I'm tapped out. I, I remember oh. Pull on the Hill. So, I mean, they've got to be all on Magical <laughs> Mystery Tour? It seems like. Huh? They're all on Magical Mystery Tour, right? Oh, are they? Or at least the two so far. Well, no, it's just no. what four songs are referenced. Right. Or is it from but that they're album? But that they're all from 67? They're all from 67. One is not on Magic okay. Mystery Tour. I'm like, I don't know what album songs are on, uh, so you have to help. Yeah, no. So one is, so, okay. I wish there was a way to, like, put her face at this point of the podcast. I'm like, I'm losing all of my cred. It's all teeth. I'm losing all it's of okay. my cred right now. Hey, hon, this morning we had um, that delicious fruit salad. Do you remember what was in it? <laughs> We, I'm trying to win this game. The, the, the fruit, the fruit salad. I'm trying to win this is, game. Is Strawberry Fields one of them? Yes. yes. Okay. How'd you know? Okay. So I'm up to three. I told you about Strawberry Fields. Yeah. Oh, sure is enough. that a, huh. is that a hole? You man. Oh, come on. Track? You're just giving it away, man. That was a bad hint. I'm sorry. Yeah. That was a little too obvious. <laughs> What, yes, you're what right. Partnership does say you that. in here, lady? <laughs> Obviously not yours. Damn. I, I don't know. I think I think that counts a half point for you, a half point for you. Yeah. So we're still talking. You got me points. Or whatever we are. Yeah. <laughs> that one was pretty hard. Sorry. Yeah. That was, All right, yeah. let's move along from Gosling. We'll do one more. I don't, where, are we, where do we stand with points? I'm just cracking myself up. I mean, up. who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Right. There, there are no well, winners. There's no money losers. involved. No if you want, there are no winners and losers. There's nothing but internet clout, and we got sick of that in our fucking early 30s. <laughs> oh, I hate that song, so I don't want to. <laughs> what song? What was it? I don't hate it. Sorry. Well, what was it? I don't want to tell it. It was Don't Bother Me, wasn't it? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Back in the USSR. Like, it was every time. Uh, yeah. I'm like, I don't want to talk about that song. It was wild. If I have pie. to name all of the places in that song, I'd probably. <laughs> oh my God, no. Once again, I on the spot. How that many times did Mike Love claim credit for the bridge of Back in the USSR? <laughs> oh my God. Uh, the answer is every time. Every single time. And he still is. <laughs> um, who played piano on the single version of Revolution? Mm, I got that. Oh God. Sorry, I should look at the answer before because mm. I'm like, that seems oh, random. Revolution. That's you the know? one I like. And I yeah, don't know. about to say, you cover that one regularly f- now. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know who played piano. This is probably wrong. George Martin? Nope. No. 
Nikki Hopkins. God, you are a nerd. Ugh, God, it's gross. not even the person I know of. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I should have looked at the answer. Oh, but man, you smell like a mess. Like, I'm assuming it's one of the Beatles <laughs> or possibly Nikki George Martin because he played a lot of piano with him. But yeah, who was that guy? So he uh, frequently played with the Stones in their early days. Oh, go okay. on. Right. He was like a big session dude. That's fun. Yeah. That's a fun little crossover <laughs> there. Oh, I love that this is a question. Who sang lead on Revolution? Gee, that must be the easiest. Uh, it's like the, That's the, ridiculous. See, this is why I tell my friends and my family, you could play with me. Some of these you could answer. Yes, you could play with me. Nobody knows the answer to these except Jonathan. There are some that are so obscure yeah. and weird. Like, Let's do one more. Okay. Uh, we'll call it, um, this is uh, do or die, winner take all. Uh-oh. What is all? Um. <laughs> all the pride. The rest all of the, the beer shame. we brought. No, that's a lot. <laughs> oh, okay. So you just did this one. So you might know the answer. Who produced and played slide guitar on Ringles sing- Ringo's single? <laughs> Ringles Ringles single. Ringles Ringles single. Who Ringles. produced and played slide guitar on Ringo's single, Back Off Boogaloo? George Harrison. That, well, that's what I'm like. Is that too obvious an answer? <laughs> I think it's George. I think it is George, yes. Because George did play on that album. A Correct. Bit. <laughs> <laughs> Who said it first? <laughs> I was just, George I was produced just Back Off Boogaloo? Apparently, that's. I thought Mark Bolin produced that. Oh, wow. Whoop. Really? Yeah, because they were palling oh, around. They were crossing at that over into some of my turf. Yeah. yeah. They were palling around. Some T-Rex. Yeah, dude. I love T-Rex. So. Well, <laughs> the first winner of Yay. Bruce's Bruce's brain brain bust. Oh, winner, in yeah. heavy heavy scare quotes. Yeah. Julia, tell them what do they take home? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> Wonderful. That was fun. Maybe was. a future date to play actual yeah. Beatles Trivial Pursuit with this big nerd over here. So after the end. The new blog. Yes. Uh, are you, Jack? Are you joining her in this in this journey at all? Are you listening? I, I hear her every now and then whenever she plays stuff not on headphones. Yeah, yeah I, I spared him the John and Yoko experimental album. See, I, I feel like you should have joined in on that. That's like a fun <laughs> challenge. I've dug listen. into that on my own time back in the day. Yeah, um, the it's fun to listen to, and then you're done. Once was enough. Yeah. 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 Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, like I'm about to do this. Da, da, da. I'm like. Have fun, but boss. I do actually. My <laughs> next one, the I'm about <laughs> <laughs> the next one I'm about to listen to is Imagine, and I actually have the LP of that, mm-hmm. so we totally can listen to that yeah, one together. Nice, nice, a good record. <laughs> yeah. a good record. A good What's been your your favorite so far? <sighs> well, I mean, there's only been what? Like, there's only been a few, but I think it's actually McCartney. It's such a good album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It was like everybody's was like, oh, this is really experimental. And like, well, yeah, he did it by himself, yeah, which is revolutionary for the time. But George now it's Harrison, a great little album. Mr. X's, uh, you know, experiment. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. no, that one's, that, yeah, that's, you know, it's early, but that's my favorite. Yeah. yeah. And uh, of the early John and Yoko's, did yeah, you have a favorite? A quick sip of air in. Uh, <laughs> it's not a favorite. I'm just going to say that two versions is at least more interesting to yeah. listen to. Yeah. <laughs> the others are just like, what's the point? <laughs> it's, it's literally Yoko making the most annoying sound in the world for 20 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> like Dumb and Dumber? Dumb and Dumber, yes, did, exactly. Dumb and Dumber did a cover of that. In, yes. in, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, are there any that you are not looking forward to? That you are like, I don't think I'm going to. Probably Ringo's. 
I mean, I'm, I'm, I love Ringo as a person, <laughs> so I am willing to give Damning everything with a shot. Yes. <laughs> no, I feel like I got through the worst of it with the experimental albums. Unless there's more of that to come, <laughs> there really isn't anything I'm dreading right now. Yeah. I'm just looking forward to, you know, seeing what I love. Nice, nice. Yep. So that's going on, and you're coming to the end of. Uh, oh, now I forgot the name of it. Uh, Shumacast. Shumacast. There yes. you go. That's yes. wrapping up well, soon. Recording-wise, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Release-wise, we're on Batman Forever. <laughs> no, I, my, uh, my co-host works 11-hour days right now. Yikes. Oh, wow. So um, obviously it's been pretty tough for him to edit regularly. So we don't have a, r- a regular release schedule, but he's hopefully l- his work's going to uh, improve a little bit and he's going to get back to it soon. So Yeah. Because, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to everybody hearing Batman and Robin. That'll be <laughs> <laughs> the fun one. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> the cod piece and the nipples and all that yes, fun stuff. Yes. Uh, can we talk about that soundtrack, though? That it's soundtrack is banger after banger after Batman banger. Forever's is pretty good, too. Yeah. They, they, were do- they knew what they were doing back Which then. one was the one that had Kiss from a Rose on it? Kiss from a Rose is Batman Forever. Yeah. Batman and Robin is the end is the beginning is the end. Which, <laughs> dude, one of the <laughs> finest <laughs> Smashing Pumpkins songs. Yes. That song rules. I yeah. adore that song. And then there's also, what, it's like the end the is the beginning, the end, end, and the beginning is the end is the beginning. Is the beginning. Is like the, is like the reprise or whatever, it, yeah. right? Yeah. It's very Billy Corgan. Yes. <laughs> very dramatic yes. Billy Corgan. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And Jack, what's going on with you? You're oh, the playing usual, music again. You know. Yeah, um, my '50s/60s cover band, the Monochromes. We're uh, we're doing what is it? Porch and Patio. Yep. April 23rd. Ooh, let me know how that place goes. Oh uh, yeah, uh, I've been hearing nothing but good things about it from other acts that have played there. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, when is that? That is April, April 23rd. The 23rd. I believe we're outside on yes. the porch or maybe the patio. <laughs> uh, but yeah, now that's my <laughs> '50s/60s cover band. Don't let cover band fool you. We only do songs we love. So, yeah. <laughs> we're not one of those bands like oh yeah they're gonna want jesse's girl jesus christ no no we only do what we like yeah, so it's all a good time for everybody uh yeah so we got that um and i think the next night at babylon uh, i'm doing my jack lock rock show which is original stuff if david bowie had a garage band blah 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 <laughs> if you want to keep up with what i'm doing jacklock.com everything's there i'm not going to bore you with the spiel <laughs> <laughs> excellent excellent yeah. well I think we've done. I think we've unpacked everything there is to unpack on Matchbox. I do believe the luggage is opened. <laughs> it's all out on the bed. Ringo's peaches are all on the floor. Oh goodness! Uh, oh. Ringles, 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 Pingles, Ringles, Ringley peaches. <laughs> I think that's how they name Ringles. Gross! Oh my goodness! Gross! <laughs> Wrap it up! Uh, yeah. Oh. That's what that's what she said to Ringles peaches. <laughs> well, friends, what do you think? About Matchbox at 173. Too high? Am I too low? Or just like Baby Bear's Porridge, is it just right? Let us know. know why <laughs> the bears like got their porridge out and it's like, let's take a two-hour walk. <laughs> <laughs> and who has the, uh, why does the bear have the insulated bowl That's right. that keeps the porridge at That's the high right. temperature? No, <laughs> That's just irresponsible food handling. It really is. It's irresponsible parenting, too. That kid's got to learn how the world works. Give him the cold one. You're like, yeah, suck it up. It'll get better if you make it better. No one's going to keep that porridge warm for you. you got to do it yourself. That's right. You can't count on the government. Something about your bear bootstraps. (laughs) Be your bear straps. Your bear bear straps. Pull yourself up by your bear I'm sorry, straps. Sorry, everyone. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> it's so dumb. It's so dumb. 
dumb. <laughs> well, whatever you think about Matchbox or porridge. Uh, or <laughs> I want to see at least 10 porridge. We need some good porridge across yeah. social media. <laughs> you know, and, and full disclosure, I've never had porridge. I don't know what it tastes like. I don't even know the consistency. Is it grits? I don't know the mouthfeel. I don't know the temperature. I assume it's oatmeal. I think it's oatmeal-y. Yeah, Yeah. it's like a, I think it's an oat-based. Oh, we've got a porridge veteran here, huh? (laughs) (laughs) So you've had porridge. I haven't, but I think it's like. I think. (laughs) This is is porridge hearsay. (laughs) It is. Um, I'm sorry if I'm wrong, but I'm fairly certain it's like oat beast. I hope that's true. Otherwise, it's Big Porridge grits. is going to come after us. I know, they really are. <laughs> the Porridge podcast the is going to have a whole thing about this episode. Oh, Ranking the Porridge. <laughs> Ranking the Porridge. <laughs> yes. Or you do like a, uh, a versus or a rivals of like Porridge versus... Uh, grits. Versus grits, yeah. or um, you rate you rate it on a scale of Papa, Mama, and Baby. <laughs> Just right. Just right. <laughs> Let us know what you think in the comments on Facebook, uh, or also follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we're everywhere at Ranking the Beatles, except Twitter. We're at Ranking Beatles because character limits hmm. uh, are for suckers, mm-hmm. and that's what they do to you. So join us in the conversation. Be sure to follow Angie's blog after the end at after-the-end.com. <laughs> Easy to remember. There it is. Yep. Jacklock.com, and that's Jack with no C and Correct. Lock with J-A-K-L-O-C-K-E. a C. J A K L O C K E. And even if you're dumb and you spell it wrong with a C, I got you covered. I bought Ooh. that one too. Oh, oh nice. Oh, man. Hey, Big Spender. Hey, hey. <laughs> $18 a year, baby. Yep. <laughs> All for you, dummies. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. So, with that in mind, we hope you all have had a wonderful time. This has been a fun episode. Thank you all for coming back on the show. Oh, yeah, thanks for having us. Pleasure, as always. We'll do it again. Uh, Until next week, my babies, y'all have a good one. Peace. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Julia. This is Ranking the Beatles. Adios. Bye, y'all.